Podcasting from a sex writing cave somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smutlancer Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smutlancer podcast is hosted by Kayla Lords and Molly Moore, two sex bloggers who have more ideas than they have time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a mini vacation. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smutlancing career to a new level, join the Smutlancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with both Molly and Kayla and an entire community of other people who create content about sex and want to get paid to do it. Head over to patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. That's patreon.com slash thesmutlancers to learn more. Hello, everybody. We're back. I'm no longer alone. Molly is no longer alone. We are together, (laughs) sort of virtually via the internet. Thank God for Uh the internet. Uh, (laughs) How are you doing, Molly? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Good. Uh, We're talking about a topic that we both kind of went, you know, this is a good topic, but also, OMG, should we be talking about this topic? Uh, if you've read the title and you didn't just hit play without looking at it, we're we're talking about money. We're talking about accounting. We're talking about the complicated things. I think we should start with a, a disclaimer, disclosure. Mm-hmm. We are not accounting experts. We are not tax experts. We are not no. trying to give you accounting advice or tax advice. Actually, I think the overwhelming thread, the overwhelming arc of this entire episode will be that as soon as you can afford to do so, hire professionals so you stay Uh out of trouble. Um, But the ways and hows and whys of handling your money when you work for yourself is a massive topic. So Uh it's certainly worth talking about. Uh, One, we will not have all the answers. Two, we will not be able to get into every single solitary detail because, OMG, it's a big topic. Um, but hopefully some of this will give either get you started or see how things can progress as your career progresses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to start first. I'm not sure where to start first. I'll tell. Maybe let's start th- with this. And Molly, I'll let you go first on this. When you first got started, let's start at the beginning. You should always start at the mm-hmm. beginning. When you first got started working for yourself and making money from it, what was your system like? How did you get paid? What did you use? So it kind of just, cause, so when I, like, I would have to think back, 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 like the first time I got paid for something, it was like almost a surprise because it was like one of those things where somebody was like, oh, I need someone to do a so-and-so or I need you know can you write an article or whatever and I was like oh sure I can write that and then they were like oh send me an invoice and I'm like okay uh sure I don't know what that means really I mean I did but you know I don't know the details of that so like I it's not like I said oh today I'm going to open my business and I've got everything in place it was literally like oh someone said they'll pay me to write a thing so I'm going to write a thing and and they're going to give me some money you know that was literally how it started. So I, there's nothing like, that's not, you're just like, wow, okay, all right, I'll do that. Send them an invoice. They paid me some money. I was really, really excited. <laughs> it was like the first time that happened. And then, of course, nobody paid me again for like three months. So I, I never did, you know, it's not like I then was like, oh, well, I need a system now. 
because you have literally just earned 30 pounds or something um so it grew kind of as i grew and i would say originally you know once it started to be a little bit more than like you know 30 pounds every blue moon um i i originally just kind of you know then it was like oh i think i need a spreadsheet for this to keep track of what i was doing so then obviously like i had a spreadsheet where i was like seeing you know what i was invoicing just a book it's really really basic really 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 simple like each month blah 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 very basic spreadsheet um i was you know doing invoices that i wrote you know that i've just i've found an invoice template um and use that and sent that to people obviously kept all the you know kept those invoices in on in documents on my computer or whatever um and i was essentially like a little sole trader um which is a brit thing um and so really that's how it started really 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 very simple because it was really simple like somebody would literally pay me to write an article and i would get that little bit of money in and like that was it it there was no there was nothing else there to it as things have grown and my business has grown and that that has changed and when it became more complicated um and i was like oh my god this is there's now all this other stuff to think about um i actually talked to somebody else i won't i won't name names but in this industry who does something similar to us um who was like oh my god i have this accountant you get in touch and i did and quite frankly i'm gonna say at this point the rest is history i am deeply i don't want to say i'm in love with my accountant but i have strong feelings about them (laughs) (laughs) because they do amazing things and to me it's the best money i've ever spent on that kind of thing because i they they they're that like as kayla said at the beginning they're the expert. I'm not an expert on any of this stuff. I'm an ex- I mean, I'm an expert on like what I do, but how you manage all this and make sure that everything is correct and you've done the right thing and even how to set up your business here in this country and I'm sure the same in America, like once it becomes more than just what I call like a little hobby where you're earning bits and bobs here, once you're like, well, this I'm going to create a business having that expertise i don't know didn't know anything about that and being guided by that person and everything um yeah was money well spent and so if you are in that position where you can look to start you could afford to do that i can't recommend it (laughs) highly enough quite frankly I would even say if if you're at the cusp of thinking, can I really afford this? I would say as long as it doesn't put you in like financial jeopardy, go ahead and pay for it. Because I know on my end and and U.S. and U.K. tax laws and requirements are completely different. But in the U.S., having a tax person, an accountant, a bookkeeper handle certain aspects of the financial side of my business 
um, from one year to the next saved me literal thousands in what I paid in taxes. Yeah. So, so I do think that's a big difference here. Yeah. Like you will definitely do better, I think, if you get a professional to do it even here. But you can operate as a basically as a sole trader, as a self where you basically are self employed, um, and make a, a tax return that way. And it's long and a bit boring, but it's not beyond the lay person's ability to do and it's kind of fairly ish straightforward um but then like the minute you have a make a business like a limited company or whatever then it all gets much more complicated and that's when it was like okay what's the best way to manage this um and having a professional was definitely the best way to manage it um and so I think here we don't have like your tax system is mental. It's fucked. <laughs> it's so fucked. It is so. F- it's how we have so many loopholes. That is how a yeah. billionaire can pay less percent right. taxes than somebody who makes fifty k a year. Like it just yeah. is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and and that was true when I what we call um, we call what you call sole entity is a sole proprietorship here. So we yeah. have kind of the same thing. Um, and I was paying more in taxes under that, even though the work has not mm-hmm. changed at all. In as that entity here in the U.S., my taxes were double, maybe more than that, than they were when I. Uh, turned what we do and formed a company. So let's get back a little bit to more of the beginning stages though, because that the company side of things, I would say I probably could have, if I had thought about it and understood it better, I could have done that from the beginning of my freelance career. I did not understand any of that. um, And I probably would have been scared of it. But for the person who's like, okay, I'm not, it's regular work, but I'm not to the point yet that let's make it a company. I will say that my beginning days of making money were very similar to Molly's. Uh, The first time I could earn money, I was like, wait, what? Somebody will pay me for this? What? Mm -hmm. And they were like, but I need an invoice. Like, I think what they ended up doing was they paid me through PayPal or they wrote me a check. It was actually, they literally, or they handed me cash, something, because we were local to one another. So Uh they wanted an invoice for their records, but they were physically handing me the money. And I went, yeah. how do you do an invoice? And I did exactly what you did. I went my little happy ass to Google and I was like, invoice template, please. And I copied, uh-huh. pasted it. And I think that invoice was literally invoice number 001. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I was very confident that I needed all those two zeros. We were clearly going to get up to 999, surely. <laughs> um and I, you know, I printed it and or I emailed it or I did something. It's been years now, so I don't even remember. Now, in 2014, I became a freelancer. I quit my full-time job and I was like, hey, let's go be a writer for a living. And at that point, I understood I needed some kind of system, even though at the time I had two clients, but now I wasn't local with them. They were not going to hand me cash or sure. write me a check or any of that stuff. Yeah. Yes, there are still people out there who write checks. I just wrote one to the IRS because I couldn't pay them online checks still exist um but uh, i was like but what what am i gonna do and i did paypal and we can definitely talk about paypal in a few minutes because with regard to writing or creating content about sex anything with sex it's a different 
you have to be careful. But I actually did start a system. I was like, well, let me set up this PayPal and let me set it up under my business email address. And, you know, let me, and, it, and PayPal was at the time very easy. It walked you through, fill out these fields. And I used the invoicing system in PayPal. Um, uh -huh. And so then I could email the invoice. I could send a link. Uh -huh. I could do all these things. They could pay directly in PayPal. I got the money. Life was good. Um, and I have used that system since 2014. Um, we were uh -huh. talking before we started recording. I am in the process of, I think I'm going to move things over to another system. Um, and if I use it and if I like it, I'll come back and like actually talk about it. Cause I could not give you any information that would be helpful to anybody because I don't know yet. I haven't even done the free trial of it yet. But um, that was, yeah, my first official, I know I'm a freelancer. I wasn't set up as a business. I was calling myself a business, but I hadn't even done my taxes yet for it to know what what it, the IRS, that's the Internal Revenue Service system, service, uh -huh. the tax people here in the US. Um, right, which is the inland revenue. There yeah. you go. The um, and I, I didn't even know they considered me a sole proprietor. I didn't, I didn't know about quarterly taxes, which is something I know you have to pay in the US. Do you have something similar where every few months you sort of figure out your taxes and what you've earned and do paperwork to pay or not is pay? That, do you have something like that? It's an, it's annual. Do you do it? See, here in the U.S., if you are if you are a business of any sort, but certainly a sole proprietorship, a freelancer, the expectation is is that every quarter you will figure out how much you have earned for the quarter, and you will pay uh -huh. your taxes quarterly. And if you don't pay your taxes quarterly, and you end up owing, and if all of your income is earned through like freelancing, as the example here and you hit a certain threshold, you owe something. So if you don't pay quarterly, and then you do your taxes annually, and you owe, and you almost always owe something, then they penalize you. And then they charge you a little bit more because you didn't pay your taxes okay. quarterly. And in 2014, I didn't have a clue. In 2015, I still only barely had a clue. And I was still happily using PayPal. I was creating invoices. I um, have a system of billing on a specific day of the month that keeps me organized. Mm -hmm. um, the only time I don't follow that system is if it's a one-off, it's a sponsored post, it's a right. sponsorship, right. like of a podcast or something, something I'm doing. But if it's client work, they all get billed on the same day each month. Sure. Um, and then they have the same due date each month. Uh, when it comes, I'll say when we're talking about invoicing here, when it comes to that for regular work that you know you can kind of count on i highly mm -hmm. recommend both of those things figure out the best day for you to do invoicing i do the last day yeah. of the month the day we're actually recording this episode tonight after dinner after like the day settles down i will sit down and do my invoicing for the month and because that's when i do it last day of the month and then um i always give clients 10 days to pay because I bill in arrears. So what that means is when I sit down. Because you've done the work. I've done the work. I'm not waiting any longer. They got the work for me sometimes four weeks ago before they got the invoice. Yeah. You can pay me right away. It's fine. Um, the one thing I would say to that when you're setting yourself up with clients, you're setting up your invoicing system, you're doing whatever. Um, that's something that's in writing. When somebody agrees to work with me, I tell them up front, you know, here's my price. Here's my invoicing system. And my because I use PayPal, it's just I'll send you an invoice on the last day of the month for any work completed in that month. 
and then you have 10 days to pay. What I liked right. about PayPal, and this is why it I could never have kept doing manual invoices. Um, any system I use has got to have this feature. They all do these days. Uh, with a click of a button in PayPal, I can send a reminder if somebody doesn't pay me. Right. And they make that very easy. Um, and that's invaluable. If I was having, if we were still in the old school way of the way you and I both started, we just sort of made somebody an invoice. Yeah. I would have to probably manually do something to modify that invoice to then manually go in and remember to email it. Fine. Yeah. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. There's no freaking way. Um, mm -hmm. Now, some people do it differently. And, and Molly, tell me your experience with this. I, I bill in arrears for work already completed. Some people. Yeah will not do the work until they've been paid. They they future date. So you get the bill, you pay, then the work is delivered. Um, right. Have you, I don't work that way just because my- No, neither do I. Have you had, have you talked to anybody? Do you have any experience, any information from anybody on that? I know there are people who do it. I just, I don't do it that way. No, I don't. So I don't. I do the piece that I do whatever we've agreed to do, like whatever that situation is. So if this is an ongoing, somebody who employs me regularly, then I do like the month of whatever it was I'm doing for them. And then obviously they get the invoice at the end of that and they pay me like at the beginning of the next month. So yes, they're always um, in arrears. So it means I've done the work. I've done the work, you now owe me the money. Um, so, and then there's obviously people who like, as you said, who you do a one-off thing for. Could you just write me this th this thing? Can you write me this article, whatever? And most of them, I write the article and send the invoice with when I with the article because it's basically like here's what you asked me to do and here's the invoice. And then the date for them to pay that is dependent on the discussion we've had with that person because obviously they've said, or you know, just send an invoice, whatever we pay then, or do we pay on publication or like different people have different run different systems. So that's something you want have to communicate with them, like. Do they pay you on publication? Do they pay you when they when they agree that they're going to you win? Know, what is that? That's something you should ask so you know what to put on it. Um, so no, I don't do that. And I don't know anyone that does. So I feel like I can't really speak to that. Like I did realize um, I do one thing that is pay in advance. And it's the only thing I do pay in advance. And I think this is very common. Oh, so, so I think suddenly I've realized that too. Yeah, but it's on. not client work. And I think that was a differentiation. I have heard people talk about freelance clients. They don't do the work till they've been paid. And, and I find that fascinating, but I don't work yeah. that way. The only thing I do require being paid ahead of time for is sponsorship, sponsor posts, sponsor yeah. podcast episode. Yes. Because what they're doing is they're not paying for my service. They're paying for that link. They're paying for that mention. Yes. And you're not getting shit yes. from me until I get paid. <laughs> yes. That's a simple yes. As that. You're right. So that's the same for me. If somebody buys a sponsor post on my site, mm -hmm. then they that's it doesn't get it doesn't go live until they've paid. We may I may have, depending on what it is, we may have, like, I may have shown them what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. So if, for example, they've commissioned me to write a specific thing and we've had a conversation about that and then I'm like, again, lots of people are like, oh, write a thing. When you publish it, I'll pay. They don't, they don't even mind not reading it. And other people you have agreed that they would like to read it beforehand. I always say you don't have editorial rights. So they can't then read it and go, oh, can you change that whole section? We would rather it says so-and-so. No, these are my words, like this is the way it is if that happens then i'd be like the deal's off um 
So we, they may have seen it, but then I would say, okay, are you happy? Yes, I'm happy. And then I'd say, well, when you pay, it will go. And again, that's something I negotiate. It maybe it will go live within 24 hours of you paying or seven days of you paying or, and again, that would depend on my schedule and also them as well. Some, lots of people who do that kind of stuff literally want to pay and it go live within hours. You know, they'll be like, right, I've paid. Is it up yet? Um, so again, that's something to follow. Make sure you're clear with people about what you're prepared to do, because obviously you don't want them to pay. And then you're like, oh, but it's in my, you know, I, sorry, I didn't explain that, that actually I can't publish that till Thursday because I've already got a post ready to go on Tuesday and Wednesday. Like, so make sure you've covered that because then they'll be like, oh, I've paid and I've got to wait two days and oh my god. Um, so like yeah those are all things that you should cover with that person but um yes pay and then the post will go live so you're right that's the same we do the same thing there and i would i i i would go beyond cautioning doing the other way like never do the other way around never put it live and then send an invoice to those kinds of that because the type of people who are looking for sponsored posts I mean, I'm sure there'll be people who would play, but I'd be so nervous that they won't. That Why do they need to pay at that point? I mean, obviously, you can then take the post down, but that's not the point. Like, you've done all the work, and you've got fuck all for it. Um, so, like, yeah, my I wouldn't even caution against it. I would actually just say, don't do that. Don't put a post up and then expect them to pay you. Literally, it should be the other way around. They need to pay. Because what they're paying for is the action of you publishing that post is essentially the 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 get the get the bit that gets them to pay the money so yep exactly and i agree completely i actually so i'm we've talked about this i think in other episodes where we've talked about negotiation and, and conversations that you have with people it's it's like anything else i'm very straightforward they say i want a sponsored post actually what they say is i want to buy a link and i'm like what you want is a sponsored post and here's how this works yeah. and in that comp that initial email when they're like what's your price i'm not just telling them my price i'm telling them the process every time which is why i usually don't get any mm -hmm. responses to those emails and that's fine that saves me time ultimately i'm upfront. it is this much money uh, you have to pay me at least 24 hours in advance. I'm happy to let you have input on the topic, but I write it. Um, we can negotiate a publication date if you agree to these terms. So right. the, it's it's out there. There's no back and forth. I don't have time for back and forth. The back and forth mm -hmm. might be in the details. The back and forth comes when they're like, yeah, your price is fine. Then, I, then now you're worth my time. But the constant, like answering one question at a time in this endless sea of emails, and then you get to the end and you're like, but actually I need you to pay me at least 24 hours in advance. And they're like, what? And we've just spent too much time on that shit. Um, the other thing I do, and this is specific to sort of the accounting of it, um, I, I've never had this happen, but I know it does happen sometimes because I've had conversations with other people. Um, I get very... I, pardon that sound. That's my elderly dog, Saki, with a tracheal cough. He sounds pitiful. It's just what happens now. Um, so I'm very <laughs> paranoid that somebody will pay me and then want to take their money back or somebody will pay me and I'll like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like I'll get hit by a car and won't be able to publish mm -hmm. their blog post or whatever. Sure, that you haven't delivered. Right. So when I get the money money from them, if I don't already have it ready to like, hit publish and go live uh, uh, 
spoiler alert, I usually don't. It's usually like, oh, they paid me. I'll go write it now and I get it done. But that's just me. Um, I actually leave the money in PayPal until the public, the content is published because yeah. yeah, they could still dispute the money from with me if they wanted to. I've never had it happen. So that's just my anxiety talking. Uh, but I won't actually move it into my actual bank account until I know I've delivered my end. That way, sure. if something does happen, I can easily go, here's your money back. And it, it's not even touching the bank account. Um, but that, that is my paranoia speaking. Um, but it, it helps me feel better about what I'm doing. Um, there is a mm -hmm. lot of trust to be had when you start one, asking somebody to pay in advance. They have to trust that you're gonna deliver. You have to trust sure. they're actually gonna pay um, and not dispute a charge or whatever. Um, the, I will say truly, the people who hear my price and just come back with, okay, that works for us, I never have a problem with. It's always yeah. the people who want to haggle yeah. with you. Always, always, yes. always. But I do use PayPal for that. Now, somebody's going to ask, and one, we do need to talk about it because this is a necessary part of the conversation. Somebody's going to ask, because this is the big issue with PayPal, is what about your anonymity and hiding your anonymity um, because PayPal will show your legal name in certain situations. Also, PayPal is not adult content, adult creator friendly. There are some companies who are able to use PayPal that are sex toy shops and they're clearly adult oriented, but mm -hmm. not all. Um, and sex workers, I don't have any experience, so I'm not speaking from experience, but Molly and I both have had have heard the, this many times. They will shut down a sex worker's account in a heartbeat and keep their money. And the other one, which a lot of which are some people will say they are sex workers, and some people will say that they are providing a sexual service. It's not the same as sex worker. That's not a debate for this subject. But I know in the past that people who were selling um, their used panties. Uh, your used underwear smell because that's a big thing um that paypal were absolutely militant about that if they discovered that you were selling if they could somehow link you back i know that loads of people because i looked in to the whole selling my used underwear um way back in the day when i first started thinking about working for myself and i um was interested in doing that i had talked to a couple of people who had done it and they were actually doing exceptionally well um and so i did quite a lot of research into it at the time and there's actually some forums and or there was back in the day um and and mainly mostly women who are doing this or um people who identify as women um were the sellers there was um, a couple of websites even that people had started that was giving advice to people who were interested in selling the panties and so i read a lot of that stuff and did a lot of research and overwhelmingly they were like you cannot take money through paypal like they will they will find out and they will shut you down and when they shut you down for a breach of terms of service like that they keep all the money mm -hmm. that's the shittiest part and that's the thing that had stung a lot of people who were selling their used panties there were people who had lost literally thousands like two three four five thousand pounds that they had in their paypal account from all these transactions that they were doing um had no idea that they should get it out of there quick as quick had left it in there and then was basically just using their paypal to pay for things themselves or whatever however they were doing it 
And of course, PayPal were like, no, you're providing a sexual service, shut them down. And they seize all that money. You get nothing. Mm-hmm. And they. So they just go. No, on. I was going to say, and they don't talk to you. So you reach out. And they don't talk to you. You've got no recourse. Nothing. Nothing. Um, knowing that, now, one, we are not qualified to talk about what sex workers go through or sex work adjacent people Correct. go through. We probably, I could think of a couple people we could get on the podcast to actually educate us and talk to us about that. But I, they yeah. will do it to people who create adult content. Um, yeah. They don't do it as fast. They don't do it as often, but they will do it. The same thing will happen. They will keep your money. Um, knowing that the way I have handled it, um, and, and I'm, Molly may have her own ways too of handling it. a couple things. One, the moment money hits my Kayla Lord's PayPal, that money then gets transferred to my bank account. Like within 24 hours, I'm in there. And I have some high dollar invoices that go through that account, which makes me very paranoid every single month. And it's why I mentioned a little bit ago, I'm reconsidering how I do my billing so I can get away from PayPal. Um, so that's the, f- the first thing is everything, the moment money hits, I'm transferring it out like as fast as possible. Um, the only exception being when I do a sponsorship and I want to, I just keep that money there till I know I've delivered on my end. Um, the other thing is I am very, very careful about how I describe services rendered. Uh Okay. Uh Um, we do not say erotic content. We do not say sex content. That was, um, social media services. That was blog content. That was freelance writing services. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that helps. I don't know if they even look at that, but that way I feel a little bit better. Um, do you do anything else that I haven't so, mentioned? My, so I actually try to take very little money through PayPal and mostly take everything through bank transfer to avoid the, the horror of PayPal. <laughs> and I also, I think the other reason that when I do use it, I don't, not as fearful because I don't use PayPal, pay, blah, 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 blah. Hmm. and then I put my teeth in and could say words. <laughs> I don't use PayPal's invoicing service, so they don't. I I I invoice in a separate way, so it's not like that doesn't then go through PayPal, where then they could see what I have, you know, potentially like as you said that I've written. Oh, I wrote a uh, this for this place. Um, so I don't use, that's just me personally. I didn't ever get into the using PayPal as my invoicing system. I created my own separate invoicing system. Um, so yeah, so I think that's the only two different things really. But yeah, I agree about don't let money linger. Um, and also there you can set up a business. There is a difference between like a personal PayPal and a business PayPal account. And again, that's something you might want to consider doing research on and deciding which is the best safest route forward and what you can potentially do for what you do again if you're like a freelance writer you actually should be fine if you are providing something if you are a sex worker or providing even something that paypal deems to be uh sexy in for whatever you know whatever they decide um then that that's that's a hot that's trickier so yes i was again depending on what you specifically do 
because oh, smut lancering is a big, big, broad thing here. So depending on specifically what you do, what service you provide will, I think, have an impact on your, on how you use PayPal and even if you can use PayPal. Right. And, and so, like, get advice. Speak to other people who, find other people who do pretty much what you do. Talk to those people, like, how did you do it? Are you okay with it? Did they, did you tell them what you did when you set up a business PayPal? Like, what did you list it as that your business is? Dumdy dumdy blardy blardy blah. Yes. So I know that quite a lot of the sex toy companies seem to now be using PayPal um quite happily because so like those kind of products weirdly you, so here's the thing on PayPal it, it seems to be and again I'm this is my layman's knowledge so that's I'm going to catch in that but the current situation on PayPal seems to be you can sell a brand new sex toy but you couldn't set. You couldn't be somebody saying uh, like you were selling your used panties. There's definitely a market for selling used uh, insertables. Um, so you could sell a dildo that's brand new, but you can't sell a dildo saying, "Well, you're buying it because I used it," and so that's they suddenly they deem that as a sexual service. I don't think PayPal knows how any of sex actually works. That's my new (laughs) theory. They just don't understand how sex works. That's what I think. That's a sexual service. Selling the new product, selling the product new in its box, this, you know, that you've created, that you made, or that you imported from China or whatever your (laughs) business is, that seems to be fine. But the minute then there's anything which is really weird because surely the sex toy is there to turn Pete to for them to do something with a sexual thing for them to do something with but apparently the minute you've done something sexual with it and then sold it to them that becomes a sexual service and then paypal says no you can't do that um i guess what they're saying is that only one person involved in the transaction can be having a good time the other people just have to be selling something like you can't i don't know it's all like bizarre but again that is my don't quote me on that for goodness sake do your research ask around read talk to other people who look find other people who do what you do mostly in this whole industry i would say people are very supportive about supporting people who are coming new into it and who are like having questions and if you you can i mean again if you had a specific thing where you're like oh i'm thinking up setting up a business doing da 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 do feel free to get in touch with us because we may be able to give you the name of somebody who could offer you some advice who we know is already doing something similar who would be prepared to share some skills with you or if not would be point you in the direction of places where they found answers um so yeah that's my vague understanding of it but don't like launch into paypal on what i've just told you and and that's that's the hardest part though because like everything else that's not made for sexual content has really vague tos is terrified of the sex can't handle the sex they're not giving any guidance and we have to piecemeal these things together now i do know i think i know um one of the big differences between the us and the uk is that in the uk it is really common for people to pay through bank transfers right i mean that's yes and in the us it is typically 
more possible when you either are a bigger company and have everything set up through like an you have an accountant on staff kind of thing you have a bookkeeper or you're hiring somebody to do your accounts receivable for you or like what i'm currently investigating you find the right system or software that can do it for you um right but again that is in some ways that's it depends on the kind of work you're doing so the one i'm looking at right now for invoicing is something called freshbooks um it is if you do start doing google searches like you, you're like quickbooks is the one most people have heard about because you can do invoicing through through them freshbooks is sort of like one of the major competitors for quickbooks i'm looking at quickbooks um i have used no i'm sorry i'm looking at freshbooks i have used quickbooks in the past but never for invoicing um but i do have some people that i've worked with in different ways whether it's sponsorship stuff or it's client stuff or it's product they're actually wanting to buy products because I, with John Brownstone, I do sell products and PayPal right. is just easier, especially, you know, for a, a lot of different things, whether it's an over, it's an international transaction or because most people are sort of conditioned, especially in the U.S., we're terrified to give you our bank information. You could like steal our whole identity and go off on a cruise with our bank information. So it's not part of our culture here. So PayPal for smaller entities, like a one person operation tends to be the most popular um but it is just not perfect now i know because i get into these conversations a lot that people are like but i'm trying to keep my name private how do i do that through paypal paypal does not make that easy um the one mm -hmm. thing i have found and i was i did not do this until i was technically a business entity and had a business name um you could probably still do it as in the u.s the sole proprietorship in the uk or anywhere else the sole entity um, you set your PayPal up as a business account and you give it a business name. Um, yeah. I would imagine if you give it a business name of your smart Lancer name, um, I'm going to pick on Quinn. You, you make it, you set it up as a business, uh, it's the, and your business name is Quinn Rhodes. Cause that's Quinn's author name, right? Then what I have found is nearly everything, unless you tell PayPal, otherwise nearly everything that you pay out or take in will show your yeah. business name, which was very, con very confusing for a few people when I changed my vanilla PayPal to the business name because I felt more comfortable playing around with that. Um, and they were like, what is this? I was like, oh, that's our new business name. And they were like, oh, because that's what they started seeing. Um, but that was then very frustrating because sometimes I was doing non-business transactions through that PayPal and I didn't want my business name. It was just ridiculous. Um, that is the only way I know to mostly guard your legal uh -huh. name. Okay. Um, I know there are ways to set up a PayPal as a personal PayPal, use your author name, use all your author stuff. Um, I've still never seen that be foolproof because eventually you're going to get to bank account information. And it's been eight years since I set up paypal as kayla lord so i know things have changed but once they started asking for bank details and they wanted me to start verifying that they got my legal name mm -hmm. and so once they have my legal name even if i do everything right to try and hide it i know it still mm -hmm. gets shown i know there are people i have sent money to who absolutely can see my legal name it reminds me though when i'm dealing with one-on-one -on -one other smut lancers or i'm dealing with companies that are adult oriented companies 
it makes, you know, some people get very paranoid about their, they're like, oh no, now they have my legal name. Well, in some cases, sometimes I now have your legal name too, because we've just exchanged money on PayPal. It reminds me of the whole, it's sort of the, um, the same thing you go through with the kink community. People get very worried. They don't mm -hmm. want to go be in their BDS community because people will see me, but you can also see them. And so it's mutually assured destruction. Right. <laughs> like they're not going to out you because then you mm -hmm. can out them. It's kind of the same thing with some of the PayPal stuff. Depending on who you're exchanging money with, they don't care. They, they, the, the company, the sex toy shop that paid you, they don't care. No, I, you know, they care for their records. They don't care. Otherwise the person you sent money to, because maybe they did a guest blog post on your site. They're using an author name too. You like them enough to let them guest blog on your site. They probably don't mm -hmm. care. Um, I think, I think the, the people who would do something devious to that information are the exception, not the rule. But many of us live in fear of mm -hmm. that exception when the vast majority are fine. Nobody's going to out you because they just accidentally gave you their legal name. Like, I know a lot of people's legal names, y'all, because I have paid them money through PayPal. Right. <laughs> it's just a trust thing. You just don't ever acknowledge that you saw that name. Um, but that is the only way I've ever seen to hide, to, to tr fully completely hide my person, my legal name was to set PayPal up as right. a business. So that's, it's the only yeah. thing I know. And, um, PayPal, I do, like I said, I do use the invoicing cause it was just easier. I'm all about easy. I want it to be, I'm making money. I want it to be easy taking in the money. I want mm -hmm. it to be easy. Um, and PayPal is absolutely imperfect. It's why I'm starting to look at other options. Um, I'll still have to keep PayPal, but what I'll do is I'll restructure my PayPal and it'll, because I can do it under as a business there too, I'll be able to guard my information a little bit better. Um, if you, we are 40 minutes into this episode, practically, if your head hurts and it feels like it's spinning, this would be where we remind you that the moment you can afford to yeah. hire somebody to do any of this yeah. for you, that's what you do. Because this gets, unless you just love numbers and you love dealing with the accounting yeah. stuff and the, how, when do I send out an invoice and how do I take in money and what do we do? And bleh, eh, eh. Unless you love it, find a tool, find a, ooh, I hit the microphone. Sorry. I'll find a tool, find yeah. a person. Um, I, I started with, and I am an affiliate of, and I will even link to it in the show notes for anybody who's interested. I started with QuickBooks Self-Employed. The last I checked, they were running a sale of a dollar a month for a certain amount of time for the self-employed yeah. version. Um, if you are located in the U.S., and this will be great for calculating your quarterly taxes um, and keeping up with income and yeah. expenses. Um, in the UK, you don't need the quarterly taxes part, but for keeping up with your, for what you're spending, what you're taking in, what's a business right. expense and when you come to do your, expense. when you come to do your tax return, so here, everything is online now. And so that's one of the pieces of software that links up with HMRC. And so you can do it all really easily through that. Um, and again, if you can then afford an accountant to do that little bit for you too, as I said, that's the best money I ever spent because they, I just, I do what I do really well and they do what they do really well. Um, but I appreciate yep. that there becomes, a, like there's a point where that's not economical. And also having worked with, with other small companies as well and seeing what they've done, Kayla's right in the sense of like, 
or to do as much as you can to to some specific point where you can then afford so i would say the thing the order to do it whether you're like making sex toys or whether you're a freelance smart smart lancer blah, blah, blah. i'm having problems today with words um like yes absolutely one of perhaps the first things you would look into not the first thing start with your little automated system you've got your spreadsheet you've got your invoices you're kind of keeping track of it this is perhaps you're even earning you know maybe only a couple of hundred pounds a year that you're just going to keep a record of it at this point um Again, I don't know tax advice, but I'm pretty sure that any, you don't have to make any kind of tax return here if you're taking in less than a thousand, I think. But do I am not a tax expert. Double check that. Don't don't do anything. Don't say she said. Um, so that like one. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, tax entity in my country, Molly Moore. Right, said. don't do that. I could do my this. advice what I did say <laughs> is get proper advice but that's what I believe to be the case ignore the other crazy woman on the call who's just trying to stir up the <laughs> trouble um so yeah perhaps one of the first things you would look to, sp to spending a little bit of money on would be something like QuickBooks where then you're still you're you're automating that kind of stuff so you're bringing everything in together but after that, the next step beyond that is, I would say, is paying an accountant to do the, your tax return at the end of the year, get some advice from them about how you can best do that. Like, is it better at that point for you to still work as a sole trader or actually is it better to then set up a company which you work for the company? Get that advice and work out that a good accountant will be able to give you advice and tell you what to do and also be clear about what you're paying for i don't know about in the us but i know here like my accountant they were like we do all these things xyz blah 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 all this is covered and this is our annual fee and i'm like magic we agreed that amount i know exactly what i get for all that and it's brilliant um so yeah, make sure if you're going to employ an accountant, I would absolutely employ somebody who offers a very clear package. Like I would be very nervous if somebody said to me, oh, well, it might take me this amount of hours, it might take me that amount of hours and I charge X amount per hour. Because that all sounds a bit like, wow, suddenly you could end up where they go and it took me twice as long as I said. So instead of it being, you know, you thought it was going to be 300 quid, it's actually going to be like 600 Um so to, uh, personally, I, I would be cautious of that method. But again, this has been my experience. I've had somebody recommended somebody. I employed them. They they were very clear about what they did for this amount per on an annual basis. Obviously, mm -hmm. if things uh, if you've got a more complicated business beyond that, where you are have even like where you then have bookkeeping because bookkeeping and account like the accounting and tax return stuff is like almost the bookkeeping is like the stuff you do day in day out or month in month out you know where you're kind of filing keeping everything invoicing all that kind of stuff if you get to a certain stage where you can then and i know companies who have done this small little companies who started off doing it all themselves then employed an accountant their next step was to then employ a bookkeeper 
where they literally just say you do you basically do all the data entry you manage all the you know the ins and the outs the paperwork essentially what it would have been in the old days it's now all online but you know in the old days there would have been filing cabinets and um folders and <laughs> all that stuff boxes, boxes so many boxes, boxes. so <laughs> yeah then i would say that your next step depending on where you get to is to employ somebody to do some kind of bookkeeping data entry and again that may depend you may actually only be looking for somebody to do something once a quarter you may actually then you know look and we were just talking about this actually before we started this recording that one of the things it worth perhaps looking at is freelance type looking for a freelancer who does what you are looking for essentially essentially a person like yourself uh but they aren't a freelance smart answer they're a freelance bookkeeper data entry and particularly maybe if you're working with a particular piece of software like what's the one you're working with it's probably gonna be fresh books or quick quickbooks is to look for somebody who says, you know, I'm an expert on QuickBooks or FreshBooks, da 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 to look for that kind of person. And again, ask around. Ask around the other people you know who have businesses because recommendations tend to be a really good way to go because that's somebody who's been all like, oh, well, I've got a brilliant person who does this. So also ask around. So that would be what I would think if, like, my advice were about kind of the progression of who and when you might pay and obviously when you might pay is when you feel like you can afford to justify that payment and actually your your time is better spent doing something else because you can perhaps earn more money or even just because you need that time back in your life that actually you're earning a a nice enough amount you need that time back in your life so that you can I don't know, have a bath or whatever those things are you need to do. And you've decided that the cost of therefore paying somebody to do that data entry or whatever it is you're doing, if your business has become bigger and that little bit more complicated, um, that it's worth that expense. And only you can judge that depending on a, a, a myriad of different factors on, you know, what your income are, your outgoing, what your situation is, blah, 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 blah. Like that's something you have to make a personal judgment on, really. I agree completely. I'll give the US version of that trajectory, at least the way I did it. Um, So before I wasn't tracking quarterly anything and Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I was like, what? I just write and somebody pays me sometimes for it. But I was doing my own taxes through TurboTax, which is one of the programs we have here in the States for doing your taxes, um, because getting your taxes done is not a free service unless you go and get the pieces of paper and physically write them out yourself. The U.S. is fucked, is Mm -hmm. all I'm saying. Anyway, um, so I was using, the the system I was using was TurboTax. It was all online. It's actually owned by the same company who owns QuickBooks. I did not know that until later. Um, but what I learned was once I started using QuickBooks, what I so that was a really cheap tool. Once I graduated from the use your own spreadsheet, keep it all the records mm-hmm. yourself method, my next step up was I used QuickBooks each month to keep track of stuff. And then what I discovered, and I only did it once because doing my own taxes makes me so nauseous, yeah. but... Um, 
It integrates with TurboTax. You can actually pay for the level that lets you integrate seamlessly with TurboTax. And so then all of that data that QuickBooks can hold for you will move into the system in TurboTax. And so it's like, oh, here's your expenses. Here's your income. Here's what's deductible. Here's what's not deductible. And it can make the process a little bit smoother. Um, I graduated from doing it through TurboTax and just being nauseous for a week trying to do my taxes and having spreadsheets open. Like I had five spreadsheets on my my uh, monitor and I had a stack of receipts mm -hmm. and I'm yelling at John Brownstone, <laughs> what about that purchase? And do you think I should click yes to this right. question on TurboTax? <gasps> oh my God. And finally, we finally hit on, let's just pay somebody to do the taxes. And even that was a process. So the first time it was, let's get somebody to pay to do the taxes, but we'll still do everything else manually. Then it was, wait, we'll, we'll make ourselves a business entity and we'll pay somebody to do that. So I can't fuck it up. Cause that's the thing that I will have sleepless nights over is the money and the taxes. Um, Cause they don't go after the rich people. They go after people like yeah. us and I do not want to wear prison orange. Thank you. Um, and it has been a multi-year progression starting with I paid nothing for nothing except whatever fees PayPal charged me to let me have my money up to now when my when I ask the lady who does my taxes my tax lady I'm like hi tax lady how does this thing work and she comes back with well you could do it yourself this way or I could do it for you and it's this much per quarter because she charges me by the quarter for most things I just kind of go, um, could you, could you just do that? Because I have done the math now and what I pay her not only saves me time, it does save actual hard cash because as we mentioned before, the U.S. tax system is fucked up. Okay. So, but that's a progression. That's a multi-year sure. progression. What I think, and in the U.S., if you have, unless you're just, if you are a numbers person or you are partnered with a great numbers person, you know how stressful this can be. Um, the Even though it might feel like it's a, it's hard to let go and have that expense because you're probably telling yourself, but I can technically do this for myself. If it's cost, if it's making you stressed out, just the stress, just making, sure. and the fact that our system is so yeah. weird, you can miss huge deductions that save you literal thousands sure. on your taxes if you don't know a thing. So yeah, yeah, I'm totally with Molly on this as I usually am. Um, the countries handle things differently, but I think the progression is uh -huh. similar. Um, but if you are thinking of QuickBooks as a cheap tool and you use something like TurboTax for your taxes already, it might make your life uh -huh. simpler if you're in the US. So you could see why we can never possibly hit all of this one on our own Two, um, the reason you don't get a lot of financial advice from the Smutlancer website is I won't write it. Uh, if I could get a Smutlancer financial pro to write some content, I will pay, I will pay good money for that content and we will publish it because we all need this information. Um, and of now, course we, the, the one, one thing, thing we haven't touched on is the whole finding a, an accountant or whatever, or bookkeeper or whatever, but let's say an accountant, this one, who's happy to work with you knowing what you do. I've been lying to my tax lady for a year. <laughs> she doesn't have a clue. <laughs> uh, I, I sweat bullets a lot, actually. I'm, I'm waiting for the uncomfortable questions because um, I, have, I have not told her. My first accountant did. They, I met them through the kink community. Mm -hmm. 
They went to my local dungeon. They just happened to do taxes. I was like, perfect. Then they weirded out on me and ghosted on me. And I got better. And the first, my first two accountants were kinky people. They both ghosted on me. Right. This third person, I don't know if they're vanilla or kinky. We're not talking about those things. We're talking about accounting. We're talking about accounting. I purposely don't talk about my business. She doesn't ask. She's never once asked me, what exactly do you write? She knows my author name. If she did a quick Google search, she'd learn some things. Um, and she's given me better service than the, the kinky people I was trying to sure. rely on. So it's weird. It's hard. It's difficult. It's going to be. Yeah. I I love the fact that you have somebody that understands this is what you do and doesn't yeah. care. Because. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm still kind of like, uh, please don't ask uncomfortable questions, tax mm-hmm. lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is a whole conversation we could get into. Um, so I think, the, the, I think so I think, like, if your business is not, um, so again, sadly, here is where we get back to sex work. Because... So I think that if you are doing freelance type work, whatever that is, whether that's social media, whether that's writing for somebody, whether it's a bit of all those things, you know, whether it's earning money from your blog, da 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 da, da all that is actually certainly here in the United Kingdom is a completely legitimate business thing to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I think mostly, if you said to most accountants, oh, by the way, this is what I do. I write I write content for sites or I work social media for the sites. Again, you know, that they're going to probably see who you work for because they're going to see the invoices and stuff that you make. So they're only going to have a quick look. But like, so what? I, I think most accountants in this country, I'm sure there are accountants out there who would take a sniffy moral high ground and be like, yeah, well, I don't want to take your business. Um, but I suspect there's not a huge amount of them. Sadly, I suspect there's way more of them in the US where you have a much larger proportion of the population who have fairly... Um, trying to be nice fundamental puritanical yeah well i was going to say kind of fundamental (laughs) religious reviews you know where they would just be morally opposed to any of it and so i suspect that's like per head of population there's way more of them in the u.s than there are here um obviously here then with the with again with sex work that adds a little layer of complication you might find that a little bit more complicated my advice is if that is your business model, talk to other sex workers um, because I know that there are definitely um, accountants and businesses who are more than happy to operate in that sphere and help people. So I would say if that is your situation, personal recommendation is probably even more important than it is at any other time because knowing that you know other people are using that accountant successfully um, in all the ways that you know in the sense that the accountant is comfortable with it and they do a good job it's no good finding an accountant who will happily take you on but then is charging you four times as much as they should be like they're actually now just uh, you know they're preying on you at that point so 
making sure that they're giving you a good service for what was in respect with the same amount that they pretty much charge anyone else um, is really important. But I also think as a jet, like I don't know that you need to be like like you need, don't need to give them the absolute. You don't need to give these people your inside leg measurement. But I think like them yeah. having a brief overview and obviously they can see anyway is a good idea. Um, simply because you, it would be really annoying for somebody for you to get going with somebody, and then after six or nine months, they suddenly come back to you and go, "Oh, I've just suddenly worked out what you do, and I'm not comfortable with it." Because then you're like, "Oh my god, now I've got to start over." So actually, starting off with somebody where everybody is comfortable from the beginning means that you're less likely to have invested time and money in building a relationship and working knowledge with that person and then they suddenly realize what it is you do and disappear like for Kayla it's been a nightmare disappear on you (laughs) after x amount of time and then also and potentially leave you at a point where oh my goodness it's about time to to do a thing and now suddenly I don't have a bloody accountant anymore um yeah that's no fun (laughs) I can confirm that is no fun so so yeah well i think we've i think we've given this a like an overview i just there is no this it's not simple and i think like a lot of things it's an evolution and i think just starting off keep keep it simple as long as you can like if you are literally just perhaps you know you perhaps you've got one little side hustle or you are now and then write for somebody else then i think you can keep it really super simple you can write your own invoices you can keep a very simple spreadsheet it it's it's you know you're not selling a product your product is you so it's not like you've got to you know you haven't got the whole business of like oh well i have to buy the raw materials so i have to show expenses you don't really it's not it's not as complicated as that you're literally you are the service so you've written the blog post you invoice somebody they pay you it's as simple as that um so i think if that's what you're doing like don't be put off by the fact that perhaps this all sounds really daunting i think it like you can grow it can grow with you and you learn as you go along and none of us know knew what we were doing we learn it all as we go went along and the minute we could afford to pay someone to make it better to make it easier we did i guess that's the summary and quite frankly, if that's like your first big financial goal of I can afford to pay a person to do this thing, I don't like whether it's accounting or anything yeah. else, that's a worthy goal to yep. have. OK, I don't care who it is you're paying. I am still in that. I'm ready to be able to afford a virtual assistant. And every time I think I'm there, I'm not there. And I'm just like, that's that's a, my next goal. But best money I've ever spent, every time I've had the evolution, I've worked my way up in the accounting world, in the money part of it. Every time I've spent money on it, even when it was $5 a month for QuickBooks self-employed, mm-hmm. it was money mm-hmm. well yep. spent. So, and right now, the world is on fire. We all know this. A lot of these accounting tools that are out there, we've mentioned QuickBooks a lot. I've mentioned FreshBooks a little bit, just a little bit, like I said, if I dig into it and I use it and I like it, I will come back and talk about it because I think it might be a viable option. I just haven't finished doing my research. Um, but there will be others sure. and something because of the nature of what's happening to small businesses who use tools like this, 
those places are cutting deep, deep discounts yes. right now. So like, I was on the QuickBooks site and QuickBooks self-employed, the basic, 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 it was like a dollar a month for a year. And they, I think, I, I think they bill you monthly. Like, so it's um, a dollar to get your, um, income and expenses together you're and when and, and real quick what when we're talking about expenses because you're like i'm just a smut lancer i'm just a sex blogger you know what you're hosting yep. that's an yep. expense the theme that yep. you bought that's an expense. that is expense yep. when you paid michael to do something on your yep. website that is an yep. expense so you have more expenses than you realize and keeping up with them if you can learn to keep up with them right now when it's small and it's not a lot <laughs> You will make your life much easier when you do grow and expand and, and you'll have the system in place. So even some of the, the smaller tools are much, much less expensive than they usually are. It might be worth looking into. But yeah, I agree with Molly. It's an evolution and you, and it gets complicated and that's when you need good people around mm -hmm. you. It's that yeah. simple. So I think that's enough. Um, you might have to have listened to this in stages and come back to it and been like, oh, Lord, this is so much. That's okay. It's a lot for all of us. Um, we will revisit this topic over time because it's just that big. If you have specific questions, please feel free to send them our way. You can tweet at us. You can slide into our DMs. You can email us. If you are a newsletter subscriber for The Smut Lancer, you can hit reply on any email that you get from The Smut Lancer. Um, and if we don't have the information, like I said, if you happen to be a smut lancer who knows accounting for your country or has some good tips and tricks, I pay people to write content on the smut lancer website. I would happily pay for that content. So yeah, feel free, ask your questions or send your tips and, and we will, we will work with that. And I think that's it for us this week. I think that's more than enough for this week. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, we'll be back next week where we're answering a bunch of questions and not getting bogged down into the weeds that is money and accounting and bookkeeping yes. as a spell dancer. Okay, y'all. Talk to you next Bye. week. Bye. Bye.